Our leader for tonight is Carol. <laughs> Hi, thanks everybody. I'm Carol. I am a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi Carol. Um, and I forgot my pack of pictures, but I have one that says it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that picture was taken about 15, 16 years ago. I was a over 50 pounds heavier than today. Um, I came in after a lifetime of up and down eating, um, mostly up. And um, where do I, it's always hard to figure out where to start. So I'll start by saying that when I was a kid, I grew up in a semi-normal family. You know, every family has their dysfunction, but, but there was a mom and a dad, there was, always food on the table, there was always a home, it was, there was love, even though my parents were really young and little, you know, they had, they made their mistakes, but they were overall really good people, so I have that, I'm the oldest of five, and um, I always, always, always wanted more, (laughs) whether it was I mean, in terms of food, I can't remember a time when I wasn't kind of sad when the meal was over. So, um, and I especially love those situations which weren't frequent where there was, usually it was at someone else's house, you know, where they had like things laid out and you could keep going back for more. That was, that was my favorite. So um, I didn't get affected in terms of the weight as a kid. I was always tall for my age. I'm the same height now, maybe I'm even shorter than I was when I was 11 years old. Um, I matured very early, so I had a full woman's body when I was 11 years old. And um, so my issues weren't about my weight because I was always growing this way <laughs> instead of this way. But, um, but I had a, a, you know issues of insecurity, self-esteem, and feeling self-conscious in my body about being you know, bigger than others in that aspect. So um, all of my little friends, you know, were little twigs. And and I have, you know, I remember always comparing my thighs to theirs because they were all these thin little people. And I was normal for my body size, but I was, I even my mom had thinner legs than me, you know, so I found that annoying. You know, she's older, she's supposed to be bigger than Anyway, so that's that. Um, you know, um, the, the um, like I said, the weight wasn't that big of, a, of an issue, but there's that whole point thing about the food being disappointing. Like, uh, okay, so I said that wrong, but what happened is like every single Saturday, I got my allowance. I got 50 cents for allowance. I would spend half of the week planning what I was going to buy with that allowance. And 50 cents bought a lot of candy back in those days. And um, then I would spend Saturday morning, I'd go downtown. I had about four different stores that I'd split it up between because this one had this goods and this one had that goods. And then I lived like three blocks from downtown, maybe four long blocks. And, um, And I would go with my siblings and it was like a group thing. We would all go together. And I remember there was this one house that was a block and a half from, from the store, from the dime store, that almost every week I ran out right at that spot. It's like, it's already gone. 
it was already gone and it just, oh, it was so tragic to me. So, um, and that's just kind of how I did it. You know, and then I'd spend the rest of that day trying to figure out how to get my brother's stash from him because he wasn't as compulsive as I was. But, um, so anyway, that was just kind of how it went for me in food. And then when I got older, um, I switched into life in the fast lane. So I moved into alcohol and drugs. And when I say older, I mean 15, no, 13. It's 13. Um, so I started that path really fast. And I didn't gain, and cigarettes, alcohol, and drugs. And I would still eat, but um, that wasn't the primary thing. So again, I didn't gain a lot of weight. I stayed pretty normal and in terms of weight, but there was a lot of addiction and compulsion going on. So that is kind of just a gradual backstory. When I was about 22, I made it into 12-step rooms for the drinking. And um, luckily, I walked in. I knew that if you had to come here, you had to quit drinking when it was for AA. And I was ready. I was done with it. It was painful. It wasn't working for me. And I knew I couldn't stop on my own. So I walked in. I put it down. That was it. You know, I did all the other stuff you're supposed to do, but it was easy. Um, within about six months of quitting drinking, I gained about 25 pounds because I switched it right over to sugar. And I mean, and food in general, but it was sugar. So I remain, I had my own apartment and, um, you know, I thought it was great. I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want. And um, so I thought it made sense to buy the 10-pack of candy and have that for dinner. <laughs> you know, that's healthy. Um, but that's what, how I eat. And then I'd feel a little sick, and then I'd eat the rest of it. But, and then I was in charge of the cookie platter at the AA meeting, and I would buy the cookies. I'd eat half of them, I'd buy some more. I'd eat half of them, I'd buy some more. So it was, it was awful, and they were the worst cookies. I, I, I kept trying to buy the ones that I wouldn't want to eat, but that didn't seem slow. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the backstory on all that. And then I, I kept complaining to my sponsor, I'm having a hard time with food. And she just, she'd listened for a while and she said, you know, I, I don't have this issue, I don't know how to help you, but I have a friend who goes to OA. Why don't you talk to her? And I'm like, I did not want to, I mean, I can tell you to this day, if I saw that woman, I'd walk the other way. I did not want to have anything to do with her. <laughs> I didn't want to have to be in this program. It was not appealing to me at all. Because it would mean, like when I walked in the doors of AA, that I had to give up things I did not, I was not ready to give up. So I went to a few meetings in, the, in that time period. It was early 80s. The meetings were massive at that time. Um, I mean, hundreds of people at some of them. And, and I looked around, I listened to the people. I mean, I, I looked for what I did not relate to. And I, um, but one thing I did hear people talk about is that they didn't eat sugar and flour. And I, so I, you know, I kind of filed that away. And so, and I knew that sugar had become a problem for me. So I started to try to not eat sugar. And I say try to not eat sugar. I went for, I would go 
I, I can't even tell you if there was any stretch of time. It was always less than a week that I would make it with not eating sugar. I would, and I have to tell you, anybody who's trying to quit eating sugar, that is the worst way to do it because what happens is you start to withdraw from the sugar and then you eat some sugar and it puts you back on the cycle. But, but it's those first few days are the absolute worst because you, I mean, it, they don't, they're starting to talk about this, but there are withdrawal sh symptoms from sugar. You can get, I would get pain in my muscles. I would get kind of nauseous, headaches, all of this stuff. It was like a really bad hangover that lasted several days. And um, so, you know, once you get through the withdrawal, once you're the worst of the withdrawal, you eat it again, then you're just perpetuating it again. So um, anyway, I tried and I tried to get off it. I had this one friend who happened to notice that I really had trouble. I, I would never, I don't know if it would take me 10 years to figure this out, but he said, you know, you, you can do okay, and then you go to the movie and you get popcorn, and then suddenly you're back on the sugar. Or you have the tortilla chips and you're back on the sugar. And it was like a light bulb went off for me, um, that the sugar and the corn were really tied for me. I, I would try to not eat flour, but that wasn't my biggest issue. But I saw that there was a strong correlation between the corn for me and the um, sugar. And it makes sense. Most of the, what I was eating was not, you know, high quality Hawaiian sugar. <laughs> it was corn syrup. So, um, so I, I was able to put together stretches of time then after I made that connection where I wasn't eating sugar. And I would lose weight, I would feel better, I would feel clear, and, um, and I, I could, I don't know if I want years, but I would go many months without it. And so I'm like, well, I don't need OA because I can do this on my own. End of story. So I quit going to OA because I knew that if I, that I had some capacity to not eat sugar, 10 minutes, okay. So anyway, um, Fast forward, a lot of weight gain, a lot of weight loss, a lot of weight gain, a lot of weight loss. I ate almost all my meals in restaurants for all through the 80s and 90s. Um, it, that basket on the table became my nemesis. Sometimes I was not touching it, sometimes I was. Um, but no matter what I did, I was a compulsive eater. You know, and I also, sometime during that whole period when I was going to OA, even though it made perfect sense to me that in AA, I admitted I was powerless over alcohol, that my life was unmanageable, made sense. I admitted I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable, did not make sense, not to me. I'm like, that's crazy, you've got to eat. And I, and I also had this whole idea in my head that I was brainwashing myself that if I just wouldn't say I was powerless, then I could do it. It would be easier to do it. So, you know, the rules applying to alcohol did not apply to food in my mind. And I remember like about a week before I came back here, which was in 2004, so many years had gone by, I was talking to this friend of mine who'd also dabbled in OA in the 80s, and I said, yeah, that OA, they just make you um, believe that you can't control it, so you can't. 
I'm never going back there. This is a week before I came back. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of miracle happened in those five, seven days, but something shifted in my head. I don't know what. I became open-minded. And um, I decided I'm just going to go and check it out. It may not be right for me, but I'm going to go check it out. So I came. I went to a couple meetings, and I went to the meeting. I went to a restaurant right after. I mean, I was not... I, uh, it wasn't about, oh, I'm going to be perfect. It was about, I'm just going to see if this works for me, if, if this is an idea that might work for me. So um, about the third, second or third meeting I went to, um, right after somebody talked to me at the literature table and said, is there one thing you'd be willing to do differently today? Just one thing. And I, and I knew this was my issue. I said, I'd be willing to, I think I can try to not eat sugar t today. You know, and that's been 15 years ago since I'd had sugar. Um, you know, it might have snuck into a salad dressing or something, but I haven't mainlined a sugary dessert in 15 years. And that is a freaking miracle. So, um, yeah, and I had went through all those symptoms, and that picture was just a, maybe a few months before that. But, um, so anyway, I came to the meetings. I knew from AA that you need to do service, so I would come, I would help set up chairs, I would do the things that needed to be done. And a miracle, I got a sponsor right away. Some, one person raised her hand, and I um, went up to her after and said, would you be willing to be my sponsor? And I said, and she said to me, well, I can be your temporary sponsor, because, you know, that's just how she did it. And I said, okay, we'll try it. So we tried it, and I spoke to that woman probably every day for the first year, and maybe three or four times a week a week for the second year and then after that we kind of was more sporadic and she's actually left the program but she was my foundation and what it is is she would have me write out these 10 steps and I was on step one right but 10 step is basically most of us are eating over a feeling that we have a resentment a fear and I mean it, it triggers us at some level to, to compulsively eat that's what I believe now there's a physical component too. Like I have a body that is physically different from a regular person, but that wants more when I have more. But um, this business of writing down my feelings, and it was done in a very four-step way. I resent so and so because, you know, I resent my partner because she gave me attitude because I didn't put the dishes away or whatever it was. And then, well, what does that affect? That affects my self-esteem. And what do I do with that feeling? Well, I turn it over. I give it to my sponsor, and I decide if there's something I have to do different. And I say, God, whatever you are, I don't, I don't really believe in God. I heard someone say this amazing thing the other day that she said, I'm an atheist, but I pray. I'm a pratheist. And I just... <laughs> she should trademark that because it's, it's, it's great. And I'm going to have to start paying her for using it. But, um, but yeah, so I, I turned it over. And, you know, I was super afraid because I was in this long-term relationship. It was a stressful, stressful period of time. My partner and I were taking care of her mom. I had Alzheimer's. Um, there was... There's a lot of stuff going on, and um, I was afraid that because I had all these resentments built up from like 20 years of not expressing myself, <laughs> that 
this sponsor is going to say to me, you have a terrible relationship, you should get out of it. And I didn't want to, I didn't want her to say that. I wanted, so anyway, that was my fear. My fear was that I had a terrible relationship because I had so many negative feelings about my partner. And the truth is, I had so many negative feelings because I had never once expressed any of them. So, um, you know, in fact, my sponsor would say, you guys have one of the better relationships I've ever heard about. So, you know, but that was after hearing the ups and downs over several, several months, maybe years. So um, that was my biggest fear. And it turned out that those tools I was being given not only was I free from the obsession to eat constantly foods that weren't good for me, that I didn't want to be eating, that, um, you know, when I'd go to Walgreens and see a sale and I'd buy this package thinking I'm going to keep this for a month and it was gone in a day and a half, you know, I, I, ha I was so out of control and I was um, 240 pounds. And um, so anyway got off track there. So yeah, it really, it really worked. I did the tools, I did, I got a sponsor. And in terms of the food plan, my food plan has evolved over time. And I think this happens with a lot of us. It's like my, I knew sugar was my crack cocaine. I needed to get off of it. And I, and luckily I did. And so <laughs> then over time I had to let go of some of the other things, the bread on the table, the, the, um, the snacky foods. And I won't lie to you, it took me a long time to let go of a lot of those things. It took me a long time to let go of having uh, a big meal in a restaurant or even at home. It took me a long time to not have snacks, in or not snacks, to graze in between um, meals. And my biggest one was when I was not feeling right, when I was off kilter with my emotions, Nighttime eating was a real problem for me. Once I started after dinner, sometimes I could stop, sometimes I couldn't stop. And it didn't matter what it was at that point. So I still consider myself abstinent. I have not had sugar in 15 years. And all of these other behaviors have gradually, I've identified them. I've identified this is giving me trouble. It's got to go. Um, this is... This behavior um, of eating in between meals is troublesome. You know, and not to say that I, I can't sometimes have a snack, but, but I had to let go of that constant noshing all throughout the day. And then for me, what I've learned, and, and I'll just say I got to a, a point where I was unhappy. I, just from not eating sugar and becoming more conscious of what I was eating, I got down to about 200. 205, 209, in that range. I stayed there for several years. And I was comfortable there. I could buy regular clothes. I mean, somewhat regular clothes. I could fit on the airplane seat without it being too embarrassing. A lot of those things, I didn't have the sweaty, nasty flaps of skin that were causing discomfort. So I was okay with being there. And, um, but, I got to a point where it was all of a sudden I wasn't okay with it. And so I just, I just kind of shopped around for all of the food programs. I looked at the FA, I looked at the How, I looked at Gracie, I looked at all the different types of food plans and I decided at that point that How was the easiest one <laughs> because there was something they let you have that the other ones didn't. I can't even remember now what it was. <laughs> 
like, okay, maybe I can do this. So I did, I did it for um, a couple, of, maybe two or three years, and I was like perfect. I was perfect at it. And I lost a lot more weight than you see me at now. I actually lost too much weight, so I had to start figuring out how to not eat too little, which was never an issue for me in the past. I'm not an undereater. I just happened to, I was following the rules and they weren't working for my body um, size. So I figured that out, got back to a healthy weight. So five more minutes, five more pounds, huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, I, I don't want to stay too far onto this, but um, but yeah, so the how worked again until my partner had a serious illness that was ongoing. It was in the hospital at the drop of a hat. We were, I couldn't take a commitment at a meeting because I never knew when I was going to have to drop everything and go to the hospital. It was horrible for like three or four years where we were just constantly on edge. And... Um, and I, and I lost my ability to not eat after dinner. I just, some days I wasn't doing, now I'll tell you, I didn't have a sponsor and I, didn't, I wasn't doing the daily 10 steps and maybe if I had been doing that, I wouldn't have had to go here. But I started to have trouble with the night eating again and it became an issue and I put on, you know, several pounds again, 20, 30, I don't even know how many pounds, but I put it back, I'm taking it off again. And there were, so there were some of the foods I had to identify that, again, foods that I had let back in on maintenance for how had to come off the plan because I couldn't control them. Um, but that's not really what I want to talk about. The weight and all of the food, that's for the new people. Yes, you can lose weight. Yes, it works. Keep coming back. But um, for me, what I want to also talk about is my self-esteem. When I, even though... I've got a really good foundation. I've got a lot of years of 12-step programs. I've been in, in OA for all this time. I've made huge progress. Until about three years ago, I was still afraid to open my mouth. Like, okay, I was a little nervous here tonight, I'll grant you that, but I wasn't gonna be throwing up out of nervousness, which a few years, I wouldn't physically throw up, but I would be that afraid of you guys seeing me that I wouldn't want to share it. And um, I wouldn't want to share, unless everything seemed perfect. Mm -hmm. So um, what I've learned in this time period is, I mean, people have been saying that all the time. You open your mouth, you share. And I could do it one-on-one, -on -one, but with the group, it, I just was so afraid of being rejected, of being not even sure. It's like I had this constant fear about see me, or these two conflicting needs. See me, don't look at me. See me, don't look at me. See me, don't look at me. And they're both really strong. And, um, and usually don't look at me <laughs> took a little <laughs> higher one. So, so um, in the past year... I think it's, I don't know of time, but maybe the last couple of years, I've gotten more courageous and I've started opening my mouth. And I've also took, had outside help with therapists and I also started going to Al-Anon. So it's all of this stuff. We, sometimes we need more than one program. And, um, but I, 99% do not berate myself after I say something. And that is totally new. That is totally new. And, um, 
you know, I'm 60 years old, 61 years old. It's taken a while. But, and I think part of it, honestly, is it comes with age. It's like you start to recognize at a certain age that none of this other stuff matters that much, but, um, but it still can be there. So, so I just, I mean, I think that's the thing I'm the most grateful for. I'm grateful to be free of the compulsion. I'm grateful to be free of a lot of the weight. I'm so grateful for all the friendships and people that I know in these rooms that have that are just really a part of my heart. And um, even people I don't know well, you know, I can look around and go, you know, just I have warm feelings because I've seen you all so um, throughout the years. But that whole idea of being free from that self-recrimination and self-doubt, it's so liberating. And um, that is like my biggest... Thing I, that is my own personal biggest gift of the program is to no longer have to um, be hiding, be hiding out. So, um, I'm, am I done? 30 seconds. All right, we'll, let, we'll just end it there. So thank you all for everything.